1: The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, and a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. Not that the Bills want any part of that, anyways. And DraftKings, <laughs> the official daily sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big, Taylor?
0: Well, all you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Well, once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to twenty-five thousand dollars, almost enough to buy a El poso. Wow! <laughs> and if you have the most predictions like correct, <laughs> if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of a million dollars. That'll wow. get you like a tenth of the way there. <laughs> Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer the questions, who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it happen. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's how much money the Pagoules have lost in the Sabres, (laughs) to its players since 2012. So they know a thing or two about big paydays.
1: Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once again, that is code THPN. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. SteveDraftKings.com for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabre season... A lot of question marks now, because as we recently learned earlier this week, the Sabres games this week were canceled because we are now impacted by COVID-19.
0: Yes, it's a a very bad situation. So just to recap real quick for anyone who hasn't been paying attention, uh, the Sabres played the Devils last weekend, two games on Saturday and Sunday. Prior to the game on Saturday, Travis Ajak and some other Devils, excuse me, didn't travel with the team because of COVID, so in all likelihood tested positive. And then they play Saturday, and between Saturday and Sunday's games, Kyle Palmieri tests positive and is kept out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. So that's a big concern, obviously. So Monday it's announced that the Sabres are probably going to have to go on pause. Their game against the Islanders is going to have to be delayed. And then you find out two players were exposed, quote-unquote, and we find out that's Taylor Hall and Rasmus Ristolainen. Rist- and then later, we obviously found out on Wednesday night that Brandon Montour and Tobias Reeder also were exposed. So we, the, by the time this comes out, there could be more people, obviously. But the one uh, kind of big, uh, interesting part of this story is it came out on Monday that, uh, according to the Athletics' John Vogel, that the Sabres were, quote-unquote, furious with the league uh, because they requested more information and a potential uh, pause on the game or a delay uh, for Sunday's game after Paul Mary tested positive and had to – had to leave the lineup in quarantine and all that. Uh, so int- uh, I, I sorry to, to be in here because there's a second interesting part Don't to this, be. which is that the league says that didn't happen. Right. So someone's lying. <laughs> like there's no way around that. So what is your instinct? Well, I guess who well, do you think is lying?
1: Well, uh, for one, would I go back to immediately even beyond like this whole thing with the Sabres and the league, what is New Jersey doing? What are you doing? How like for me, that's who it goes back to because for this whole thing to work, I mean, let's be honest here going into this season, there was a lot of responsibility placed on the teams to accurately report their numbers to properly handle situations when new cases arose within locker rooms and Yes. I think the league definitely deserves some blame and I'll get into what, who I think is, is lying. But like, can we first and foremost talk about like New Jersey, what are you doing? It's horrible. And you're, I mean, now the, the whole season is in jeopardy. I would say, I, I think it's very realistic to think that if they feel as though team to team transmission can happen during a game, is that just going to be the, what bursts this whole bubble? I I mean, I don't know. Because that's what it comes back to is like all of these teams, they, again, like I said, they, there, there's a huge level of organizational accountability that needs to happen for this season to work. And we're not even a month fully into the year and we're already having this happen. Um, And let's also put the reminder out there that, We're not the first team that this has happened to. New Jersey is not the first team. This has already started to happen out West a little bit. And now it's here. And I don't know. I I think that it's not out of the question for us to wonder if the full season is going to get played. Uh, I don't know. Do you think that that's taking it a bit too far? Or do you think that that's a realistic possibility?
0: Yes, I think that is. So, the most realistic possibility to me is teams don't play all 56 games. Now, like you mentioned, this has already happened. The Devils, or at not the Devils, uh, the Stars had 17 players test positive. Now, we should say New Jersey has 14 right now, and that may or may not be the total number the devils or the jeez the stars had 17 to start the year and had to miss like had to have their first four games rescheduled which obviously screwed up other team schedules and puts them on a huge time crunch more so than they already were i mean both teams from the the 2000 stanley cup finals i'll never look at that series the same again but like seriously though that's that's already happened twice it's been 3 weeks not even it'll be 3 weeks on thursday when this comes out uh so Not only are like Dallas, New Jersey, and now Buffalo all going to be on time crunches where they're playing a game, more than one game for two days as a pace for the rest of the season. If they are to play all 56 games, that's an insane pace. Uh, We can probably get to what that means for teams later, but like just to start, that's if nothing else goes wrong, but every team that those teams are supposed to play also have games to make up now which means they're also probably playing at a crazier pace. Carolina Hurricanes, for example, they are. Like, I can't name all the teams. I think uh, Vegas has also had some issues. Vegas, yep. There's a bunch of teams now, and I, I've, I'm having trouble, trouble keeping track of all of them that have had delays or pauses or whatever, that it's it's going to be like kind of... Carolina, like, I don't I,
1: know if you mentioned them, but I know they yeah. had... Like, Jacob Slavin just got back last night, I think, and Tara Vinan too, for them.
0: Yeah, so it it's, it's kind of a... It, it, it's a huge problem. Now, the biggest problem is something you mentioned here the team to team transmission. Every sport so far, all four major sports have had some big moment where it's like, uh oh, is the season in jeopardy since we started playing sports again uh, last summer? For example, today the NWHL shut down its, its bubble. I don't know if it was act- how much you can call it a bubble or whatever, but they're done. They're not playing, they scrapped it. Baseball season. In early August, you had the Cardinals and uh, the Marlins both have to miss a ton of games. So they had to have a crazy schedule down the season. They somehow both made the playoffs, whatever. In the NBA a couple weeks ago, well, for backing up for a second, in late September, early October, the Titans, which we all remember, <laughs> yeah, they – that was a disaster. Yeah. Half their team had COVID, and they got fined. They broke protocols. That was a huge disaster the NFL didn't miss a game. They had a bunch of, they had a weird bastard season just like the MLB, but they didn't miss a game. And I think the biggest part of that, both of them was that they play outdoors
1: mm-hmm. for
0: whatever reason. I, I don't can't explain it. I'm not like an epidemiologist, but like it doesn't spread as much outdoors. That, that's born out. Like here in the summer in Erie County, we barely had any cases, despite all the restrictions being lifted all summer, it wasn't people like taking it more seriously. Like people were just outside mm-hmm. and, it doesn't spread as much outside. Inside, that might be more of a problem. The NBA is what I was going to get at before. The NBA earlier this season, even just a couple weeks ago, had a bunch of teams that had COVID issues. They had the Celtics, had, were, the Celtics were a team, for yeah, example,
1: bring them up.
0: who couldn't get enough guys to field the team. They had two or three games a night, it seemed like, on busy nights when games that would be postponed. I think the Grizzlies were another example. Like, there was a bunch of guys that were testing positive every week considering how, you know, the NBA has the fewest players of any sports league. So I guess something that the NHL should look into is what did the NBA do to change things? They, they did establish some protocols because the NBA this week, this entire week, zero positive tests. Now it was a few weeks ago was 16, which is a lot for an NBA season because that means 16 positive tests
1: means maybe 40 or 50 contacts or exposures. So you and I need to like, I feel like it's the, the theme of the podcast, like NHL, look at what NBA does, do that <laughs> for 90% of things. Right. I mean, cause I don't know if the
0: NBA has established that the team to team transmission is happening, but I will say this, cause I think that someone in charge of league might Bill Daly was asked about this today and he, he was like, we're not sure, <laughs> but being sure is hard. Because, yeah. like, I don't know, testing someone for COVID isn't like looking at a bullet and being like, oh, it came from this gun. Like, you don't know where it came from. It came from somewhere. Sure. It, you can narrow down exposure. If someone says, I didn't see anyone else but my teammates and my opponents, then you could do that. But that's hard, too. I mean, most people have families or people they live with or they might be out in the world at least a little bit. So uh, it's going to – I mean, if, if a bunch of Sabres actually have it, like it seems they do, then you should be sure enough, and you have to uh, know that going forward that this can be an issue, like team to team transmission, unlike the other sports. Which I'm not sure if the NBA actually figured that out, but like they, it seems based on the rules they implemented after they had some problems, it seems like they did figure that out. Right. Um, one more. So just to go back to this real quick, this isn't just a team to team transmission thing. It's team to team transmission after it was clear that one team had a problem.
1: Yep. A big they just let it happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And if it's true that the Sabres and whoever it was expressed some concern to the NHL, they need to like be, get out there and like prove that prove that the NHL is lying here. It would be no, nothing out of the ordinary for uh, big wigs in the NHL front office to be like shamefully lying about something as serious as this.
1: So who do you I, think I wouldn't lying. be surprised? Let me, let me ask you that. I agree that. One way or another. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a matter of agreeing. We know this. That one of them is lying. Yeah. Who do you think is the one that's lying?
0: I think it's more likely it's the NHL. Because why would the Sabers leak that they were furious like immediately? Um, I just do wonder that when I heard the stories, who reached out? Because the front office structure is so thin now. Like we talked about it a million times. They fired like a hundred people. Um, so was it like Kevin Adams that reached out? I believe that. I believe Ralph Kruger maybe expressed some concern and someone else reached out. Was it one of the Pagoulas that reached out? I don't know. I come back to it being Kevin Adams probably. Uh, but either way, for, forgetting who, who who had concern or whatever, Paul Mary tested positive after playing on Saturday. The games were like less than 24 hours apart. They were both afternoon games. So the NHL just said, oh, yeah, okay. He was positive and playing yesterday against the same team they should all play again.
1: Well, that's why it leads. Me to, that's why it leads me to think that is the NHL too, because for one, ask yourself who has more incentive to lie in this scenario. You know, on the Sabres' hand, you could say, "Oh, maybe they were just trying to get ahead of it and get some good PR that they were pissed off about it or whatever, or get people on them on their side." But, like you just said, I mean, for me, it's not even so much about who lied about expressing concerns. It this is a major fumble on the NHL for not shutting that down and saying, no, you guys can't play today after a guy just tested positive. You just can't, you, you, it, you can't. The, there's no getting around that, that the NHL is at fault first and foremost for allowing Sunday's game to even happen in the first place, because it shouldn't have, if you have a guy who tests positive between a, like in the middle of a series, you don't need the Sabres to express concern. You don't need Kevin Adams calling or the Pagulas or Ralph Kruger or whoever calling like you need to have the, whatever you want to call it, internal infrastructure in place in the league so that if something like that were to happen, you know exactly what to do. You know that you have to cancel the next game. And what's even more troubling is if the NHL didn't have a plan for something like that happening, where you have a guy who tests positive between a like in the middle of a series, I mean, that's even worse. That's the thing. What's worse. The fact that the NHL did not jump at the opportunity or that they're, they're saying that the Sabres didn't reach out to them to tell them to do the thing that they should have done anyways.
0: Yep. It's, it's very bad. And we should lay out the stakes a little bit more here because we talked about how it could really screw up the season um, and how, how bad and dumb that would be and whatever. There's a lot at stake in that way, but also, Another story this week about a recent draft pick who we, we were both interested in Sabres taking this past year, Marco Rossi, oh. who caught COVID. Uh, when he was back home, I believe he caught it in November, still during the off season, believed he had recovered, uh, went to play. I believe he went to, uh, I'm trying to think of what the exact story is. There's an, a, a guy in an athletic stories written by the um, uh, man Minnesota's beat writer whose name I'm also forgetting Isn't uh,
1: Dom, um something or another no
0: I don't think it was Dom Lucason that wrote it I think it was the guy that used to be he, he's been the Minnesota Wild beat reporter for a while I believe he used to be the Star Tribune
1: okay keep I can going picture his uh, profile
0: picture on Twitter in my face but uh anyway basically he finds out that he failed a physical for one reason or another because he still has these after effects and he's try, been trying to recover and he this week up and decided to just skip his rookie season and go home to try to recover there uh it's been three months since november i mean maybe two and a half months since he got it. i'm not sure when in november he had it but that's very serious he's a 18 year old
1: oh michael veteran. russo dog russo.
0: see yeah. i was gonna say rob rossi but that's that pittsburgh shithead anyway <laughs> and i was it's the only reason i think about it was because marco rossi mm-hmm. so rossi is going home he's going back to europe he's just gonna spend the rest of the offseason, the rest of this season and the offseason, there and hope at some point he gets better. Now, in that article, he lays out that some people in the wild think this could be a career threatening injury. Now, if a career is not the worst thing you can lose to COVID, but the fact that it could be a career threatening injury for an 18 year old means that he's probably, uh, in some way, might be, let's say, I don't know, pulmonarily challenged for the rest of his life. Because threatening his career, all that means is he can't skate. He can't be in good condition. Something might be wrong with his heart or his lungs or whatever, one of his vital organs for the rest of his life. So when you have a situation like you did in New Jersey, all that means is like, yeah, sure. Most of these guys being young and professional athletes and in good shape and without pre-existing conditions will probably be fine. They'll probably – they might, I don't know, not even have any symptoms. They might, It might come and go like nothing. But there will be some guys like Marco Rossi, guys who you think, oh, COVID
1: won't be so bad for him, and it could ruin his life. Mm -hmm. Well, also, wasn't the other side of this that Minnesota originally reported it as an upper body issue without saying it was an upper body injury due to lingering results of COVID? Did you say that? I don't – I didn't say that, no,
0: but yes, that is true.
1: Yeah, so... They're not being very forthcoming about all this.
0: No. No, and yeah. it's, man, it's it's very serious. It's easy to forget we're in a pandemic, you know, like working from home and stuff, and things have been so different. Like, you know, the Bills are in the playoffs. That was a lot of fun, big distraction. But it's like, it's still happening. And I know, like, yeah. the vaccine is being rolled out. Like, more and more people are getting it every day. But I'm just, I'm just looking right now at the well... Worldometer, which tracks this, Today, just today, not even all the info in yet, 105,000 new cases in America, 3,633 deaths. That's not a day out of the ordinary. This is actually a little bit better than it was a month ago at this time. Like, this is unbelievably serious, and the NHL is just seemingly has an insanely cavalier
1: attitude towards this. Very much so. Also, though, for what it's worth in Rossi's situation— Wouldn't the blame, first and foremost, kind of fall on Team Austria and their doctors for allowing him to play if he had COVID in November? How would that not come up in the physical ahead of the World Juniors? You know, like. Yeah, because this is what I'm trying to remember with the story that he had run into some problems before World Juniors. It was November when he like, contracted yeah. COVID and then there must've been complications from that, that the Austrian doctors just did not report because he played. <laughs> and yeah, like you said, I mean, it's horrible. Now this, this kid's life is in jeopardy. Like his career is in jeopardy. Yeah. we don't know the extent of how bad it is either. Right. We just know that it's a upper body complication from COVID. Right. Basically. Yeah. We don't know that which, which part of his body is like in peril. And
0: also worth pointing out, during the bill season this year, Dawson Knox went on. He he tested positive for COVID, and because of that, the rest of the tight ends had to all miss a game. I don't know if you remember that. It was
1: mm-hmm. it's kind of weird, but it messed up the season.
0: Yep. Um, and because of that, Tommy Sweeney, one of the tight ends, like went on IR and just never came off. And at one point, they reported he had myocarditis, and never reported that he tested positive. So I'm not sure if he did or what happened with that. And maybe it's unrelated, but that the shit can follow you for the rest of your life it won't be everyone it'll be a very small percentage of people but if enough people are getting it that's a lot of people like that'll still be a huge number of people yeah like it could it could just not be if, if they were more careful about this and the crazy thing thing is the NHL had the best bubble plan when every sport was trying to restart at the same time last year the NFL had no plan the MLB had a bad plan the NBA had a good bubble plan but in a, a very dangerous state in Florida which was a you know COVID hotbed at the time the NHL is the only one who was like we're going to Canada and it should be noted that the Canadian division has not had a uh, had to postpone a game yet this year
1: mm-hmm.
0: although they you know I say division in quotes there it's shambolic division it's what? It's a shambolic division. It's not a real division. It's Fair.
1: honestly, I'm. We should be in the Canadian division. It's ridiculous.
0: It's like making the NCAA tournament by winning, like, the Big South or whatever. Oh one of those my God. That's Toronto the making Big the conference. South? One. I think that's a. I'm pretty sure. There's no way that is actually a division. The Big South. Oh, I'm going to look this up. Is I was the, trying to think of. the CS one? No, 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 no. I was thinking of an actual. Hold on, let me look it up to see if this is. Yeah, the Big South Conference. Mine. The Big South. Yeah. In let me really, tell you. That is not an FBS conference. Hold on, Big South Conference basketball. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What is it? Just basketball? No, no, no. So it's FCS and football, but it's Division One basketball. FCS is Division One football anyway, but you know. Wait. You don't no. Yes. So here's who's in it, pal. Hold on. I clicked on the wrong thing. Big South. Yeah. Uh, Winthrop, <laughs> Ra- Radford. You've heard of Radford. They've been in the NCAA tournament. UNC Asheville, Hampton, Campbell, Gardner Webb, High Point, USC Upstate, Longwood, Presbyterian, and Charleston Southern.
1: Damn it, dude! How can I forget about Longwood Presbyterian? What what is wrong? Oh, no, with- those are two different schools. What is, what am I thinking? Not knowing of Longwood and Presbyterian. There's obviously. a school that's just called Presbyterian. <laughs> are you kidding me? That's a-
0: so I remember this because I remember uh-huh. Radford being in the tournament, and they're named after our old friend Justice Radford from Tymon. Wow. Um,
1: but yeah, I I, I've listened to the pot.
0: Yeah. Anyway, back to COVID. Uh, like, uh, for example, here the NWHL, which I mentioned, right. Mm -hmm. They can kind of do what they did. Just kind of throw their hands up and be like, Oh, that's the end of that, which is unfortunate for them. You know, they were going to be on NBC sports this weekend.
1: It was, I mean, dude, they had, it sucks. Like it it really sucked. Pretty much everything surrounding the NWHL over the past couple weeks has just generally been like very disappointing to see. I mean, they've had, I know we're kind of getting off on a tangent here, but if I'm not mistaken, one of the games like over the weekend had on Twitch, like, 30,000 views, viewers or something like that. Like they were, Yeah. but that's the uh, the other part of it that sucks though, is that you had, as you were just alluding to, you had the opportunity to be in front of a national audience like that. That's a yeah. shame that yeah. I, I really hope that everything's going to end up being all right with, with them. And it ends up working out, got to support the buttes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, but people have talked about Should we cancel uh, this NHL season? And I think there was some thoughts about pausing the NBA season. So the easy answer to this is the owners are incentivized to make money. The players are incentivized to make money. Neither of them really want to cancel it at this point. Mm -hmm. However, there was some thought to some owners being like, I'd rather not. I just, we won't make money if we don't uh keep pl- if we don't like have fans in the stands and i have to pay players like that's a net loss for me some others, I'm sure that's true for some of the smaller markets it might even be true for the sabers but basically at this point to be incentive from batman on down to the you know lowest player in the league the l- lowest paid player in the league is to keep the season going so that's why it'll keep going even if there is like a two week pause at some point or something like that mm-hmm. but realistically there is a um, I was kind of thinking about this, maybe someone smarter that listens can weigh in before the season, when those aforementioned owners who didn't want to have it, wanted the players to come back and give some concessions and the owner, the players would be like, no, because of the CBA, it already exists. We already agreed to it. It's like a post COVID CBA. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, the owners couldn't end the season by invoking the force major clause or canceling it before it even started because they'd already played during the pandemic. So they couldn't just be like, this is, you know, this is an unnatural event, unforeseen. We can't deal not do anything about it. So maybe Zim and Wayne but I'm like 98% sure they can't cancel the rest of the season unless like all like in like unbearable amount of players get sick, like to the point that they can't keep going. But it, barring that. I would say that it they don't really have a path to cancel the season.
1: Do they? I don't know that I legitimately do not know. It's kind of hard to, to sit here and say that, but it's, it's the, tr- I, I just, I legitimately don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they can do and what's within like the realm of capability. I mean, I would have to think, like you said before, especially for a league, like the NHL, they probably can't afford to have the rest of the year canceled. Um, but it's like a public health thing. So I don't know. I, I don't know. They should just do bubbles again, do a bubble for each division play for however many weeks and then you do a playoff bubble at one of the places or something. I don't know. Like they're going to have to do something because clearly this is unsustainable and you know, it's only a month into the season and we're already having these issues. And it's like, I know that this season is, you know, people have been saying it's going to have an asterisk next to it anyways, but like, do you really, is this really how you want it to go where you have teams missing 10 plus guys a night? I mean, come on. It, It, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's bad, but it's I will bad. say
0: that, that that does kind of like it brings up an interesting point, though, like. They have to start thinking about a playoff bubble right now, don't they?
1: Oh, they need to. If, I mean, in Canada, it it, it it is like it would be the epitome of incompetence if we were to find out that they did not have a bubble plan. like They should have it in place already. They should have had the plan in place pretty much when they announced that the season was coming back. Uh, And agreed. Yeah, obviously it needs to be in Canada as well. I mean, just do what you did in the playoffs, but I think they need to, I I just, I don't see how you're going to continue to do this where you're having people travel and stuff because uh, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm sure the NHL isn't thinking about this in the way that we are, but it goes so much further than the players. It's the players, it's the coaches, it's their families, it's the arena staff who's there. Um, it's the, it's the staff who are helping with travel accommodations. It's the people who work in the hotels that the teams are staying at. Like you are just putting so many people in jeopardy through this, that it's just not sustainable. You can't keep doing this. It, it, we're in the first week of February and we're already talking about this. They have a long way to go. Still, you have like three full months to get through. I don't know. It, it, it is very, very puzzling to me just This entire situation, I mean, specifically the Sabres part of it's very puzzling. It just, I don't know. That's, I guess, going back to the original question that opened up the show, though, you know, whether I, who I think is lying between the Sabres and the league. At this point, I don't really care who's lying because the league is who is at fault. It doesn't matter who in this situation. Like, yeah, obviously it's going to suck if we find out it's the Sabres lying. I don't think it is, but it would suck either way. But it doesn't matter who's not telling the truth. The NHL is the one who dropped the ball by allowing Sunday's game to happen. You know? Yeah, that's true. I I mean, that's what it all comes back to. It doesn't matter who's, like, going to blame. And also, again, cannot hammer this point home enough. I do not trust the, the league at all with anything they say, anything that they do, what I like, I just, I don't have faith in them because it's just time and time again, they drop the ball on these things, whether it's COVID or otherwise. And it's, it's, I mean, look no further than the majority of, you know, Gary Bettman's tenure as a, as a, as the commissioner of the league, there's, it's just countless like instances of being like, this is the sensible thing to do. And then they just don't. And so I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's lying. I think it's the NHL, but again, that I don't even care about. I really don't because the league is wholeheartedly full-on at fault here with a sprinkling of the Devils also being at fault too. That's just my take. I don't know. Where are you at? Where are you at? No, uh, yeah, 100%
0: on the league. Yeah, I agree with every word there. Um, I would also state – so going back to the playoff bubble thing though, so like they can't really change this now. Like the regular season is non-bubbled. Mm -hmm. It is what it is, but thinking of a a plan here, like thinking of head for them, if they could go back to like, it doesn't have to be Edmonton, but if they want to do that, wherever in Canada, maybe if they felt comfortable from last time they want to do that again, but wherever can accommodate them because the playoffs are supposed to start the season ends May 8th. If they do a bubble, that means they have to do a two week, like quarantine period, basically, which does make things different. It means there's a two week break between the regular season and playoffs that's uh interesting. Obviously, that that does create some interesting circumstances. But I think we talked about this uh, w- when the season started. We thought that by the end of the regular season, teams would have like safely have fans in their arena. I said safely, safely. St. Louis, Florida, <laughs> Dallas, safely
1: have fans. But it doesn't look like that now. I'm not really gonna lie. Look- I'm not gonna lie, Taylor. It probably. We wouldn't we say that. That would have been in like late December we were talking about that right with the the, yep. the fans. I got to be honest, I think it was probably like 3 game two or three games into the season I was it it just sunk in that there's no way that at least Buffalo is going to have fans. At least places that are going to try and be as responsible as possible are going to have fans. Um that was definitely my hope. I thought that they could have made something work. Uh you know, I, granted though, I don't know have they indicated any kind of spread from any of the other arenas that have started to allow fans because at least in like the bills case for example this goes back to the indoor versus outdoor conversation but they had that down pretty from what my understanding is and please correct me if i'm wrong or if anybody listening if you went to the game and you know like if it was a shit show or something please let us know but my understanding from people who went who were at games who i talked to said that it went very well in terms of like the whole testing process and everything, um, in terms of keeping people reasonably spaced out. Now you run into a couple of issues, I guess, comparing the two because on the one hand, in the NFL's scenario, you have a week to plan ahead, whereas with the NHL, you're playing every couple nights at home. Um, and then also, again, going back to the indoor versus outdoor thing. But at this point, though, and for a while now, I just I don't think that there's a path forward for teams and i I have felt that way but granted i mean i guess in in the greater context of the conversation we're having about not even knowing if the season's going to make it you know to next month that uh that goes out the window entirely but yeah i don't know i mean do you do i don't know do you think this is going to get better can it get better maybe that's the big question we need yeah yeah it'll it'll get better but like the question is
0: how quick it'll get better right will it get better in a way that like like COVID is not running on the uh, the nhl's timeline
1: Mm
0: -hmm. doesn't care so while things will improve going forward, like I think our peak that we were at there for a while in late December, early January, I think that will have been the peak, uh, you know, famous last words and all that. But I really think would. Yeah, seriously. Um, but I think, you know, a potential hang up with looking at, you know, the rest of the early season is that eventually – Owners are going to want to have what we laid out, not because we laid it out, just because that's that's what they were also thinking, that Mm -hmm. they could have fans for the playoffs. And that that could be a huge source of revenue. Like, and hopefully by that point, the vaccine would be uh, enough in enough places. Like, you won't have herd immunity, but you would have something approaching it, so it seems a lot safer. Or you could just let people in who are vaccinated, they could sign some waiver. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of owners are doing that, and that's why the bubble – playoffs has not even been discussed also i'm sure players absolutely do not want another bubble which i understand to some extent Mm -hmm. um but i should just read you this stat from today it says as of wednesday february 3rd in usa today 8.2 percent of people in the u.s have received at least one covid shot and 1.9 percent of people have reached have received both doses so that's about two percent of americans uh who are really fully vaccinated And the estimation is it'll take about 70% to get to herd immunity. Now, if there's like some kind of natural immunity other people have that's more long-term, people that have had COVID, unfortunately, that's a ton of people in America now. Like just, we can confirm that there's been 25 million, but in all likelihood, there's a lot more than that. So maybe that could play into it. And eventually you have something more closely approaching some kind of immunity, but it's really hard for me to see at this point how, in three months and a week,
1: people will be safely packing arenas.
0: Right, right. I don't think they will be.
1: Well, especially considering, too, that the vaccine rollout in the country has been really, really scaled back in in recent weeks. I mean, we've been seeing in the news constantly in all of the local counties. I mean, Erie County, I know, Genesee County that that it's happened, where these counties are expecting to get, I, I mean, at least I know in Genesee County's case, they were expecting to get last week 1,500 vaccines and they only ended up getting 100. So you are way behind on this as it is. And I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons we can get into as to why that is the case right now, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, you're going to have to hope that they're going to be able to not only ramp up the supply of the two existing vaccines, but also that the two other ones that are currently in development that are pretty close but not quite there yet, that those will be available soon. Uh, I know like the, the Johnson and Johnson one is, is supposedly only one shot and you're good to go. Whereas the other ones are two shots spread out over the span of a couple of weeks. So, I mean, if you get that and you know, you, it starts getting distributed on a mass scale, then maybe, and like you said, with your points about reaching that like immunity number, but I just don't have a lot of faith in it just given where things are at right now. And this is going to be a week to week thing. And so, you know, make sure you're following along with your two favorite epidemiologists, Taylor and Brendan to keep (laughs) up with uh, the latest COVID news. But I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, it's just a matter of playing the waiting game now and uh, just moving forward. You know, uh, Monday's episode is probably going to be very similar to this where we're just going to be collecting new information that comes through on this situation. It's going to be ever changing probably won't be the last time that the Sabres are going to be affected by COVID, uh, through the rest of the regular season. So stick with us here at straight up Sabres and our fancy new logo that we got. And, uh, we will be happy to keep you all posted on this moving forward. Taylor, do you have any last thoughts on, on the situation? No, but real quick, you want to do recommendations? I would love to, you go
0: first. Okay. Uh, so I watched a movie this week uh, that had hockey in it, which is pretty rare for movies. It's a Kevin Smith movie, so I guess probably wouldn't be surprised to hear that it has hockey in it. Chasing Amy. Never saw it before, and this is only a half recommendation. I would say I don't think it's a great movie, and I don't think it's even that special the way I mentioned most most movies on here. I I, you know.
1: I think this movie sucks. Let me tell you why I'm going to recommend it.
0: (laughs) I don't think it sucks, but I think it's a very Kevin Smith movie. So if you don't like that, don't watch it. Second. The movie is about sex, and in particular deals with with. The, so I, I should say real quick, it's from 1997, so it has LGBT theme, LGBTQ themes, uh, which at the time might have seemed progressive. Probably not even at the time, but like at least it was unusual for a movie to be talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really going to get a megaphone out here. Do not age well in many respects. In fact, you could say the sexual politics in the movie aren't good. Here's a couple of things what laid out why I wanted to recommend it. One, it had like hockey stuff in it, like not even just like the fellas, like the main romantically to the movie whose name I'm forgetting right now. It's not Amy in the movie either. But anyway, wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey at one point. They go to a hockey game, there's a big hockey fight. That's one of the most memorable scenes in the movie. Uh anyway, the second reason is I feel like it had a like incredible, like of the moment 90s aesthetic. And there were a couple scenes I thought were really memorable. But like I said, can't stress enough that it does not age well. And a lot of people will not, will not like it because of that. And if you don't want to look at, you know, Jason Lee or Kevin Smith cross-eyed for the rest of your life, don't watch it.
1: Okay. Okay. So you're recommending that people maybe don't watch it? Yeah. Give it a shot. If you
0: think that what I said is appealing, I reviewed it on letterboxd. If you want to check it out on letterboxd, uh, (laughs) But like, I don't know. It's a movie I watched this week, which I usually try to do on here. Maybe I'll think of something uh, better for next time. But I just wanted to throw it in there because it had hockey in it. Anyway, like do you have that. any any music you want to recommend or no? I'm
1: actually going to recommend a movie this week for the first Ooh. time. Yeah. So if you're looking for a fun comedy, one that came out last year, that was actually one of my most enjoyable watches of the year. Uh, and it was today, well, for everybody listening yesterday, but it was nominated for a Golden Globe. And I'm going to go with uh, Palm Springs Andy Samberg movie. I love Andy Samberg. Uh, I mean, from this from his SNL days, and uh, I was going into the movie, I wasn't exactly sure about how much I was going to like it. I didn't know if it was going to be kind of just like a poorly made, you know, comedy movie just to rake in some money during COVID, but really loved it really great humor. Um, I don't really want to say too much about it, because I think it's a uh, a different take on a previously I guess done concept if that makes sense would you you've seen the movie too right yeah yesterday was groundhog day so we can mention it it's it's that's that's it's a time yeah it's movie. kind of a, yeah, where yeah I loved
0: it it's one of my favorite movies of the year and breakout star Connor O'Malley my favorite part oh of my movies. god I love him so much <laughs> <laughs>
1: can we try to get him on the podcast somehow
0: yeah I'm gonna <laughs> I'll gonna dm him on twitter him. yeah I'll just dm him and see if he wants to talk about uh build 2020 <laughs> build De Blasio any of that stuff he went yeah I might think about doing a thing with him next week let's, let's right get it. let's get him involved this
1: is literally going to be the new goal of the podcast we will know that we have made it once Conor O'Malley is is comes on for an episode as a guest
0: <laughs> definitely all right
1: all right uh, I
0: have my random saver of the
1: week who do you got all
0: right it's uh my almost seventh anniversary with my girlfriend Carrie it'll be Sunday oh that's so beautiful. I'm gonna go with one of her favorite players Clark McArthur
1: Wow. I love that. Well, first of all, happy anniversary to you both and give Carrie my best, but uh, I will, with that being said, go with a teammate of his and go with uh, the goose himself, Paul Gostad. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, indeed. All right, everybody. Well, once again, this has been straight up Sabres. Make sure you're checking out the hockey podcast network and Buffalo fanatics, the two presenters of this show. First off the hockey podcast network, 31 shows, 31 teams uh you know we're not playing this week but there's a bunch of other teams that are still going to be playing the rest of the week and in the weekend so make sure you're checking out all of the other shows there for some great content around the nhl make sure you're checking out buffalo fanatics too as we have said previously offseason is now in full swing for the buffalo bills and buffalo fanatics is leading the way with all of the offseason coverage that you are clamoring for as we're getting ready for the draft and free agency and to eventually make a run at the Super Bowl next year. So make sure you are checking out Buffalo Fanatics and the Hockey Podcast Network, following them across the board on all of your respective social media platforms, and make sure you're also following us too. couple of things with our social media. So first of all, we have to give a shout out to uh, a very good friend of mine, Charlie Ragusa, who just did a complete redesign of our logo for the podcast. So if you follow us on social media, you will be seeing that. And if you haven't followed us on social media yet and you listen to the show, Kind of weird, but you should still go follow us if you haven't. So make sure you're checking that out, checking out our new logo. Huge shout out to Charlie. If any of you, for whatever reason, have any graphic needs or logo needs, anything like that, Charlie is that dude. He's great. He actually works in the NLL right now um, doing this very thing. And so very much appreciative of him uh, giving us the beautiful new facelift. And then also, we are in a heated battle with the Detroit Red Wings in the semifinals of the hockey podcast network Jersey bracket. So for those of you who haven't been following along a couple weeks ago, the hockey podcast network set up this Jersey bracket with each of the divisions and every team in the division was going against each other in like a March madness style bracket to determine who fans vote as the best Jersey in the NHL. Now, normally, or I shouldn't say normally now, naturally with our beautiful, Royal blue and gold jerseys. We have advanced to the semifinals against the Detroit red wings. And I'm not going to lie. Sabres fans, the red wings have been talking some shit and we got to make them eat their words. Um, taken some some serious offense to them coming at us for our several different jersey designs so for me like yeah sure go make fun of the slug make fun of the turd burgers it's it's low-hanging fruit we don't need that you know whatever and i know that these original six teams they think oh we've been around forever so our jerseys are the best wrong wrong get some new colors you have two colors detroit you have red and white Ooh, so cool. We had red and white once too. Guess what? Now we're blue and fucking gold, man. Get a little bit of variety in there because they don't. And then also let's just take it even a step further than the jerseys. Let's talk about some logos. Okay. The red wings. Okay. So one, we don't even know what bird these wings are coming from. So that's a whole other issue here too. Okay. But also you're not even like the Falcons or the Eagles where you're like a full on bird. You are the wings of a bird and for us being the sabers how are we to know that a saber sword was not used to chop the wings off of this bird this unnamed bird it just seems like a whole lot of bullshit here is what i'm getting at folks and think about the ring the wings again red and white sabers we have royal blue gold we have navy blue we got some gray in there we have black red so like if you go back through the history of both of these teams what I'm getting at here is the Sabres are a far more successful franchise than the Detroit Red Wings have ever been ever will be I don't I don't know anything about Nicholas Lindstrom or Steve Geiserman or any of the Stanley Cups because we don't need that because we look better and we're miserable but we look good while we're miserable so vote for the Sabres. Eat yeah, ours. let me ask you this. Who was better in the 70s? That's
0: the main way I judge all hockey franchises. That's a fact. That's a and fact. And we're going to be better in the 2020s. That's right. Every 50 years, we're going to have a better decade than That's you. That's what I'm
1: saying. And we're in that decade right now. All right? Detroit is old news. Congratulations on your original six. It's old news. All right? We're where it's at. We're going to win this thing. We need your help, though. So make sure you vote for us because also – little bit of incentive here too if you vote for the sabers and then you comment on the poll saying that you voted for the sabers or just let's go buffalo whatever you want to do you're entered in to win a free new jersey new royal blue like we're not talking we're not going to give you the pagula treatment where we're going to give you some off-brand jersey from you know the the navy blue days we're giving you a brand new royal blue sabers jersey All the incentive in the world is there. You get it for free. All you got to do is vote for us and comment that you voted for us. So make sure you're doing that. Check it out on Twitter. We've been posting about it. The polling is open for the next four days upon the time of you listening to this. Go vote. Go share it. Do your boys a solid. We would very much appreciate it because we can't talk shit about our hockey team being good, but God damn it, we could talk shit about our hockey team looking good. And that's all I have to say about that. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. This has been Straight Up Savings.